You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. Today's episode is brought to you in part by I'm getting into cryptocurrency trading, but I want to learn a little more about it. So I decided to check out edX, and guess what? They have a course in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, available through one of the many courses they offer online. And the best part is I can choose to audit the class or pursue a verified certificate for it. With edX, you can learn just about anything you want from how to code to learning a foreign language. The breadth of their class selection is honestly mind-boggling. If there's anything you have been wanting to pursue to further your career or knowledge base, and you want to learn from a reputable source, then you have to check out edX. Right now, you can get a 10% discount for signing up on any purchases you make by going to edX.org forward slash nerds. That's edx.org forward slash nerds. Happy learning. Welcome to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and I got to start out with a little confession here, guys, because I am one of those people that is slowly learning that it's okay, especially these days, to take a little break, to take a little mental break, especially. So all last week, when it was getting rough at work and just everything hit us from both angles, especially for black people right now, I decided that I was going to take a little mental break every day and specifically six minutes I was taking. So I would find me these little quiet areas at work or at home. And I kind of had these little moments of where I could I could go off into my own little floral design world, so to speak. It was this kind of like love and light sort of feel. And I was trying to figure out about my spirit flower. Yes, I said spirit flower. And so this allowed me to kind of just to just, you know, block out the bad for a little bit and have that kind of outlet for a little bit. And that's why I'm so excited for this episode today, because I have the host of this show and I'm talking about Centerpiece. It is a short form series on Quibi. So definitely check that out when you get a chance. He is also a visionary artist, a floor designer, owner of Bloom and Plume, a floor boutique and Bloom and Plume Coffee in L.A. And I'm talking about no other than the wonderfully talented Maurice Harris. Hey, Maurice, how you doing? Oh, my God. Hi. How are you? Wow. That was like a beautiful like entrance. I am. I'm totally here for that. Thank you. And you deserve all of it. Let me tell you, I love Centerpiece. It is fantastic. I was not expecting what I was going to get. And it's like, and the six minutes doesn't feel enough for me. But then again, it works. 
Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we've all, I would say of all of the critiques that we have consistently got is that the interviews are not long enough that people want to see a little bit more. So as we get into a season two, we're going to try to negotiate that if that is even on the table. Right. And um, before we get into that, because I definitely want to dive into Centerpiece a little bit more. But before that, since we're all dealing with this COVID-19 and hopefully you haven't been asked this 20 million times, but for Plume, uh, for I'm sorry, for Bloom and Plume, your boutique and your coffee um, shop, how is that doing with the COVID-19? Are you guys able to still have you had to like reinvent everything pretty much to kind of keep it going? Well, yeah, our business model has completely changed. Um, and what's really fascinating is when you take away all the distractions and then horrible shit is still happening, mm. um, people can't look away. So right. with all of the reinsurgence of Black Lives Matter and George Floyd dying and other people like like being forgotten and dying and just like white people finally waking up and being like, oh, my God, this is like real, huh? Right. Um, the white guilt has actually turned our business around and meaning our coffee shop has been insanely popular because we are a true black owned business. It's a family owned mm -hmm. business by me and my brother. And we, we have been doing this before the pandemic. We'll be doing it well after the pandemic or when um, these ideas um, aren't as trendy, but at the moment it actually has been this really interesting um rebirth of our business which has been kind of crazy so we've actually been super super busy oh that's good yes it's very interesting you know just having like you said having to reinvent that will and then like how you said how society shifts and it's like oh so now we got this different kind of attention that we should have had all along but it's it's good it's like paying off now right it's a hot ass mess it's like what is wrong with people like give right. them their flowers where they can smell them Except, exactly yeah right except that like it's only when it's trending and you feel that guilty about like how you've been so complacent for so long that you're like oh let me go buy a coffee from this black owned business to make up for it and it's like mm, you need to right. do that about like a hundred times and then we'll see mm, exactly <laughs> right exactly <laughs> Uh, but let me ask you okay let me back up for a little bit because by the way being a floral designer that is so cool by the way let me just tell you I'm just I'm in awe of anybody that has just your talent and can use their art like that because to me it just feels like a whole new way to express yourself just like as a job you know just having that outlet yeah it was actually a really interesting journey it wasn't necessarily something that I sought out to do I did go to mm -hmm. art school um, but I didn't necessarily think that I was going to become a florist I've always been a creative person and I've always been interested in making things more beautiful um, but flowers kind of found me I mean my grandmother was a milliner she made church lady hats and she was a florist of her own right and so I used to watch her as a kid making cool stuff all the time and then I was in window display for a long time. And, um, oh, wow. Yeah. So it was always about composition. It was always about communicating ideas, uh, through visual, through a visual language. And, um, flowers was just another extension of that. And it was kind of an untapped market to me when I got into it 10 years ago or I started my business 10 years ago. I had played around with it a couple years prior. But what made me really interested in, 
um, this industry was I felt like there was a hole in the market. Not mm-hmm. um, what luxury flowers look like was so um, hadn't changed in like 10, 15 years. And I was like, oh, it's time to breathe new life into this industry. How can I make my mark? How can I do that? I also didn't see a lot of Black men in that industry. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yep, yeah. Aside from Preston Bailey, who was a great inspiration for me. Um, But I wanted to do something different. And so um, Flowers just felt like a really great vehicle and medium to um, explore my Black creativity. The Black Girl Nerds podcast will return in just a moment. You know, growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid. I remember getting up on Saturday morning, watching the Saturday morning cartoons, and during the commercial breaks, they would show some of the greatest commercials for cereals. And a lot of those cereals were on the top of my refrigerator. And even right now, to this day, while I'm in quarantine, I do have some of those cereals from when I was a kid sitting on top of my refrigerator. So, yes, they are full of sugar and junk and things that you really shouldn't eat. So, I am trying to cut down on sugar and thank God for Magic Spoon because this product actually is saving me right now from doing more damage to my body than I need to. You know, Magic Spoon is a product that actually does the opposite of what I've been doing with sugar all of my life and cereal. It has zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, only three net grams of carbs in each serving, and it comes in four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. It tastes amazing, and honestly, it is too good to be true. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. I personally like cocoa. I'm a chocolate fan, so I like to have milk chocolate (laughs) with my cereal. So that is the one that I prefer. Uh, But it comes in all these different flavors, so you can pick the one that works best for you. So why don't you do this? Go to magicspoon.com forward slash nerds to grab a variety pack and you can try it today. And be sure to use our promo code nerds at the checkout to get free shipping. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash nerds. Use the code NERDS for free shipping. And we thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring this podcast. Mm. Yeah, I love that. So tell me about, okay, what was the first centerpiece you created? And how did that tie into you starting this um, the show with, uh, or this um, partnership with Quibi? Um, like the first centerpiece in terms of arrangement that I made or in terms of the yeah. show that I made? Um, well, in terms of, yeah, let's do like your first arrangement then. Cause I guess that would kind of tie into how you knew like, Hey, I got something here. Like people are going to want to see this in the, in the show form. So what was your first arrangement that you created? Well, it's like a two part answer. I mean, my very first arrangement that I actually kind of forgot about was for Mrs. Comer, um, my fifth grade teacher in, in elementary school. And wow. I know I wanted to go and like, buy her flowers because I thought she was so great and whatever. Mm. 
And my mom was like, no, ain't nobody got time for that. So she was like, you can go out in the yard and pick some stuff if you want. And so I took an old vase of my mom's, um, filled it up with lemons from our yard. Um, and then I like was picking flowers from around and just like started to create an arrangement and then topped it all off with iridescent tinsel. Um, so needless to say, it was a hot ass mess, but I, um, there was something so joyous and immediate with being able to create something and give something and bring somebody so much love and joy Mm -hmm. and light that I was very, very interested in that. Um, And then fast forward, um, a friend of mine, my best friend, was having a birthday party. And I was like, oh, let me do the flowers. And um, I did them. People love them. Um, My assistant, I think, came to that party maybe and was like, oh, you're you're good. You got something. You have Mm -hmm. to do my friend's wedding. My friend's got a little money. They're going to pay you to do the flowers, but you just got to have business cards. And I thought that was the most random thing ever, but I got business cards and I did that wedding. Yeah, I got business cards. Yeah. You know, and then the rest was kind of, um, I eventually got laid off and I just like kind of pursued it and, Mm. and, and let the journey lead me. I, and then I just, I've always gotten validation in this realm um around my arrangements and them being different and I just work really hard at my craft at trying to hone it and trying to do something that forwards the conversation and when I got the opportunity to create a show um I only did it because I would be able to manage and create how I want to be seen in the world right so right. I'm not being edited like I have final approval on the edits um I created the show with um, my partner, Peter, and mm-hmm. a few other people. But, like, we really, like, created this thing. And then Quibi came on. Rashida Jones came on as one of my partners. Um, and it became one of our producing partners and has been so integral into the um, whole project. And then quibi like saw the magic that we were creating or believed in the magic and was like oh we've got to pick this up and run with it and see what they come up with and so that's how it happened well i hope they pick it up again and keep picking it up because it was just like i tell you it's just love and light like you guys have to to check this out especially in like some of the times we're going through right now i just loved it and like you said too about being able to be you can tell it's authentically you getting to express yourself and there's this open space that I just love about how you, how it feels and you interacting with the different celebrities you have on the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. It, it, it was really important to me. Uh, Everything that I do, I really try to come from a place of authenticity and Mm -hmm. you can feel that too on the Yeah. By watching it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And so it's, it's really important to, um, I mean, we all struggle to like, we're all figuring it out. We're all a work in progress. So I'm not perfect or anything. Um, But I just really, really was like more than anything, the show has to feel real and people that show up to allow us in need to feel Mm -hmm. that sense of authenticity too, so that they feel comfortable sharing a piece of themselves because we actually care. And we're not just taking from this person where when you're in the public eye like that, I think that people are constantly taking, 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 taking. 
And when do you ever get something given back to you? Or do you see yourself reflected back to yourself, you know? And it's like with Oscars being so white and um, Mm -hmm. all of these entities, like you can just see like the uprising of Black Lives Matter, why it's even a thing is because we have been so shortchanged. And Mm -hmm. so I wanted to find a way to celebrate honor and use this crazy, insane skill that I've developed over the last couple of years that only the 1% usually gets to um, experience and share it back with other Black creatives that I respect and admire. And speaking of, um, because I know you mentioned a lot of team, and let's talk about some of the other elements you have on the show. Your mom is playing the organ. (laughs) Yes, she is. I thought that was the coolest thing, because it it brought such a church element to it, too. And I was like, that is so cool. And then you had your sister. I won't tell exactly what you guys are doing, because I want to spoil it for everybody, but you had your sister in another episode. And I thought it was so, the family element to me, because my family is very important to me. I love that family element that you created on the show as well. Do they like the spotlight, or how, how how did that come about, them being a part of it? Yeah, I'm a very family-oriented person. Um, My siblings mean the most to me on the planet. Um, We are very, very close. And Mm -hmm. my sister is like my emotional rock. And like, we are such clowns together and we just love (laughs) being ridiculous. So it was just a natural fit to be like, oh, and my sister ended up like, Sometimes she would be doing hair. Sometimes she'd be doing, helping with makeup. She'd be consulting with my mom to be her like, coach to be like you can do it um she would be writing things on the show she was holding emotional space for me so she just was along the journey the whole way so it was like it just naturally made sense to like have Mm -hmm. her be in front of the camera as well um and then my mother that idea came around like i was watching the um mr rogers documentary and i love that show as a child and i love that it's probably the coolest white dude I've ever heard of in terms of... Oh, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, he's pretty right? cool. I'd agree with he, that. I still haven't seen the documentary. I'm so mad at myself. Oh, yeah, cool. you better get I your know. life together. Get your I life know. together. My life is not together right now, Maurice. I'm working. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> but, like, what is so amazing about him is he took his white privilege and mm-hmm. really um, used it for good. And created this beautiful show that is a healing mechanism for all and specifically targeting to children so that they can live in a better world. And one of the elements he had on the show was um, live music. And so all of the piano music that you hear throughout the show is actually live reacting to what's happening. And Mr. Rogers was a crazy musician himself. Uh, Mm -hmm. Him and his wife, they had two grand pianos in their living room and they would like play with each other. I mean, it's just insane. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, gosh, I really want to have that element on my show. And then I was also thinking about like the things that make me me, the things that um, are a part of me and gospel Mm -hmm. music is a huge part of my upbringing. I was one of the um, choir directors as a child. My mother was the minister of music of our church choir. So my uncle Dwayne, who died of AIDS in the early 90s, was a music prodigy. And it's almost like all these things that are just so there. I thought there was a way to um, honor, highlight, and again, reiterate my level of authenticity by setting a space that felt like home for me. 
I've always grown mm. up with a Hammond B3 in my home. And um, my mom always played that. We, she was always practicing for church or whatever. And so it's a very comforting sound for me. And so what we would do is before we even started shooting, she would just start playing just yeah. to ground the space so that the energy in the space felt warm and it felt intimate because sets can be really intimidating and really like disjointed because everybody oh, yeah. is hired yeah. for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And we just wanted it to feel great. So I had to get my mom out there. Yeah. Well, she, she did a fabulous job. Like I was looking for that intro every part and then like how however you're going to enter into the scene so i just i don't know i thought that was so cool i just loved it cuz you didn't know what you're going to do and then like speaking of which the um how you created the introductions for each segment of the show like there were so many wardrobe changes how how long did that take for you to to get that on film like to create that was that just a lot of like you're like oh well let me do it again and let me try this um so I was my own stylist on the show. So those are all of my clothes. I love it. I um, love it. Thank you. And um, our director, Rohan, he really submerged himself into the project and really mm-hmm. figured out ways um, that he wanted all the introductions to be different. Mm-hmm. And he wanted them to loosely reference where we were going with that particular person or what was going to be setting you a foreshadowing of what was going to be happening in that episode. And so we spent a lot of time calculating how we were going to do that. And once we kind of knew where the interview was going, we always filmed the intro intro after the interview so that we knew what we were doing. And oh, okay. okay, yeah, so it made more sense to like get all of the information from the person and then be like, Oh, this would be, this is where we're going with this story. And then this is how we should intro it. So it's kind of like some reverse engineering that we had to do. Okay. Now tell me about, I mentioned this in the beginning. Now people, I know people are thinking, Ryan, what are you talking about? Will you tell us how you come up with a spirit flower? How do you find somebody's spirit flower? You listen, you listen. Oh, that's Um, hard for a lot of people though. It is very, very hard to listen. It is hard to be still. It is hard to, I don't know. I just like, it comes to me. It really Mm -hmm. does. Um, I've exposed myself to their level of work, to what they've accomplished, the things that I admire in them, the things that I respect about their process, how I, the type of projects that they do. And I kind of synthesize that and I start to try to be like, what is it? Like, so for example, um, not to give too much away, but Jeremy O'Harris, mm-hmm. his centerpiece is all about reflections, and it's all about um, flat. It's it's all about mirrors, and I picked that up because I went and saw his play in New York, and I thought it was like really amazing, and I love that there was this element of like as you're watching this play, you have to look at yourself throughout mm-hmm. this whole thing, and I was just like, that is brilliant, and right. um. You know, it was thinking about that and Yoya Kasama and her infinity rooms. And I was just like, how do I make that black? How do I take this joyous, um, boisterous, buoyant personality and make this endless room of flowers? And carnations and multiple colors just made sense to me for his type of personality. There's something that's 
He's very organized. He's very systematic in how he works, but he's also so wild and free. And so that's what I was trying to accomplish through his centerpiece. And what is your dream centerpiece or who's like a dream person you want to create a centerpiece for? Or has it already happened? Um, there's a few people that are on my list. Um, I would love, I deeply respect the multidisciplinary excellence of Donald Glover. Um, Ooh, I think he that is, would be good. Yeah. he is just, he is a brilliant man. Um, mm-hmm. obviously Beyonce would be a dream. Actually. Oh, yes. Okay. Are you ready for this? Oh, I no, really probably not, do, but go ahead. I really want to do the Knowles family. So I would love to do oh. like. Miss Tina, yeah. Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to do a separate episode with Solange and then um, Blue Ivy. So it would be like this lineage of um, their excellence would be really, really exciting to me. Yeah, that would um, be dope. Yeah, that'd be cool. A person that I deeply, deeply, deeply respect and think does amazing work because to me, it's all about highlighting people that don't necessarily always get the level of recognition that they deserve for all of the amazing things that they do. Mm-hmm. And Thelma Golden is this, um, she runs the studio museum in Harlem and she has um, pioneered so many amazing black artist careers and have fought for like that creative space, which is so meaningful to me that yeah. having to, honor and celebrate her would be a dream come true yeah that would be yeah all that'd be cool see this is why i hope hopefully quibi picks this up somehow and is listening to this this is why we need this the next season Mm-hmm. you're telling me girl <laughs> that was just me scratching the surface of the magic right i'm create, like i could so. just it's yeah but it was just so like and it's hard like i want to so bad talk about somebody i don't want to give it away because i want people to experience you can talk it, about what it. talk about it talk about it but it was just so like the one you were talking about about the mirrors it was just so dope like because i'm just like how do you even come up with the way that it was hung and then it was like a, it almost had that maze look to it Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i was just like that i don't know it was just like you can't even get your head around like where you even start and like how long does it take you to create it because i know we don't have you know obviously for a quibi uh series you don't have time to actually show us your entire process but yeah. i just can't imagine how much goes into that it's a lot so it's like we're doing a little pre-production work where I'm thinking about it. And the idea comes when it comes. Sometimes it's weeks in advance. Sometimes it's like moments before. It, it's crazy. And there's a lot of people on set that are trying to make it happen. It is definitely a team effort. I do not work alone and by myself. And like, uh, uh, I have an amazing, amazing, amazing team. Um, my flower studio team, shout out to Jose and Miguel. They hold it down. They are like my little baby creative geniuses that help me bring all my ideas to life or um, will help to up the ante of the idea um, to be like, oh, well, what if we did that? Or what if we did this instead? Um, my creative partner, Peter, my director, Rohan, the set designer, um, there's a lot of people involved, even though I'm at the helm of it all. It mm-hmm. takes a lot of people. It's a lot of moving parts to make sure that it comes off as seamlessly and flawlessly as it does. 
And then you mentioned Rashida Jones. That was another one of my favorite ones with the purple. And you all, like you had her in tears. Like she just didn't even know. I just remember seeing her reaction and it just makes you feel something. Like you said, to be able to create something like that, that shows somebody some of them, a piece of themselves and, you know, like what they mean to other people. And I just thought that was a whole beautiful setting there too, for her to be able to walk in and kind of sit. And you guys just kind of stood there for a minute before you broke out and danced, which I love anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys just kind of, you just were just kind of standing there taking it in, but it was just so just with that color purple and just like her story talking about the color purple. And it was just so, it was beautiful. That's all. Like I, I need to find another word right now, but the whole thing was just beautiful the way it was just set up and structured. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, what's interesting, what's cool about the Rashida episode that I love is it was the very first one we shot. And um, Rashida being one of the producers on the show, she was so generous with how um, she, so she was like my first interview. And oh, wow. She, yeah. So she really um, made me feel comfortable. She made me feel like I could do it and was just so open and giving and loving and how she was communicating that it made it um, a really special, beautiful experience. We also like each other so much um, that I think that mm-hmm. chemistry comes across in our conversations. Oh yeah. You can tell, you could tell it was, it, it was just so cute and fun. Like you guys got to check that episode. Like you need to check each one out, but if you're looking to get to like jump to one and come back, that was, it was a cute episode, a really cute episode. Yeah, and we love dancing so much. So we're always trying to figure out how we're going to, like, start a dance party. So Yeah, I was about um, to say, I'm ready for that, like, dance battle, dance team for you guys uh-huh. to come out. I'm ready to see that. Uh-huh, you and me both. That might be, like, <laughs> a spinoff for sure. Hey, there you go, spinoff. We talk a spinoff. <laughs> okay, Marie, so as we wrap up, I wanted to do my own version of your favorite segment, Let's Go Deep. Because, by the way, y'all don't want to miss that, by the way. That is my favorite segment. When he says, let's go deep, that means he's about to put the celebrity on the spot and ask the most hilarious questions you have ever heard in your life. All right. So here's my here's my rendition of it. Okay, first one. American Idol or The Voice? You know, I'm like old school, so I'm going to say American Idol. But let's be clear. I'm talking about like Fantasia, Ruben Stutter, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Jennifer Hudson, Jay Hud. You know that whole time frame. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you though. Yeah, I haven't I haven't caught any of the new stuff in this, so I'm I'm gonna keep nah. it old school with you. Yeah, and I'm not even here for the new school American Idol. I'm talking about old school, old school. <laughs> I like that. I, maybe they'll. I don't know. They're breaking everything else back. I mean, that might be too much money, but I'm kind of hoping they'll do a little bit old school American Idol one day. That'd be awesome. Um, okay, so feel free to add a third one to this because you are the professional. But would you rather hang out at the Brooklyn Botanic Gardens or the Gardens of Versailles in France? Ugh. <laughs> I feel like there's a third option coming. Yeah, it's like hard. It's like, okay, Brooklyn, yes, beautiful, gorgeous. The Huntington in Los Angeles is incredible it's so stunning Mm -hmm. versailles i love but the history mm, although i will tell you versailles is interesting because it reminds me of like when i finally went there in person i understood the magnitude of why they cut marie antoinette's head off Mm. because she was that's interesting yeah, because she was wild. 
Versailles is huge. It is massive. And all they had were scissors to cut all these hedges. It's crazy. Oh, wow. So it was so over the top. It was so opulent, literally for like her Mm -hmm. and her little court. And then everybody else is like hungry. So they just jumped up in there and cut her head off. And I will tell you, it seems like we're living in some strange parallel times. We yeah, are that's getting a little, fed yeah. up. Yep, yeah, people are getting yeah, people are getting close. So, I don't. That didn't answer your question. I just went on a. I, but I like it though. Like tangent. that's the whole. That's the whole fun of it. I like how you just went. You just took it. I was like, it'd have been boring if you would have just been like Brooklyn. Let's just just go Brooklyn. <laughs> okay, what's your next one? All right. Braids or high top fade? Which one are you rocking? Oh, I always rock a high top fade, but nice. don't get it twisted. I like the braids. <laughs> that was me trying to be a rapper, by the way. I like it. I like it. I like it. All right. And my last one, and I don't even know, like, I don't even know if you can just do this over voice and we haven't really talked that long, but I was wondering if you could tell me if you were going to, if I was honored enough for you to create me a centerpiece. Like, what flower, like, what's one flower I should definitely have in there? There's something that just is coming to mind about a chrysanthemum. Like, it's, like, full, it's um, it, it, it's bold, but it's, like, kind of fluffy. Um, it, it, it's got warmth, it's got energy. There's something about, like, you have a warmness to your voice, but it's got a little southern charm or there's a little draw there. That just reminds oh, me of a beautiful, you know, um, and I just see it in like a beautiful, gorgeous cloud of flowers. I think that might be the sweetest thing anybody said to me. That's pretty <laughs> nice. That's pretty nice. <laughs> I see you just you had to put the ice on the cave. If I already wasn't a fan, you just had you topped it off. See, that's a true artist right there. See that guy's a true artist. He knows how to bring it all the way home, finish it out Aww. smooth. You're so kind. Thank you. Well, thank you. And I'm so glad you're on this podcast. I hope you come back. I hope you're coming back for yes. season two of Centerpiece. That's what I yes. hope happens. Yes, yes, yes. Let's put that energy out there. Let's get it done. I like that. Okay, so wrapping us up, do you have anything? I know it's COVID-19 and we don't know what's coming next, but do you have anything you want to tease for the people? You think besides going to watch Centerpiece on Quibi, do you have anything else you want to tease for us coming up? Um, On HBO Max, I'll be a judge on their flower competition show called Full Bloom, and that's going to be really nice. fun and cool. Yeah. Um, we're starting to shoot again soon if everything goes according to plan and oh, just cool. like we yeah. Have you back for that then. yeah and then just stay tuned like our coffee shop we're always dropping new merch and cool things we have this cool i am somebody t-shirt that's like rocking mm. our signature fist and flower and we're just like yeah just keep up with us because we're always trying to do things that um celebrate us as black people and um do it in a very beautiful thoughtful and fun way right i love it thank you so much again my pleasure thank you for having me and you're welcome and i want you guys out there to stay safe wash your hands face mask and um stay at home yeah stay at home stay at home and watch quitty just saying there you go watch done and done (laughs) all right guys bye bye The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. 
The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.